Crone's getting a split. Mizzy in front of the 100. Crone goes up the inside and Crone takes the lead in the Kilmore. Crone draws clean out from Mizzy. It's a Queensland victory. Crone beat Mizzy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Mock Sports Presents the Quaddy Potty. As always, Mitchell Cashmore joined by Nick Holland. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Uh, pretty happy to be here. Always happy. Good races coming in. Of course, of course. Uh, let's get straight into it. There's a lot to discuss from the last seven days of racing heading into this week's racing. Uh, first off, always got to touch on our results from the week prior. Uh, back down to earth from us after a five, a six, and a seven. Uh, only had three, all contributed by yourself as well. And I think they were the first three races of the day, or first couple. Three out of the first four. Three out of the first four, and then it went downhill from there. So yes. pretty good start to the day, but um, yeah, that's racing for you right there. But um, yeah, sorry, gents. So and and ladies, sorry for that. But um, yeah, can't have an amazing week every week. That's what you need to learn as a punter. It's a game of roller coasters. Up one week, down the next week. As long as you're profitable when you come out the other end, that's uh. The name of the game, but I uh, had a nudie run. Unfortunately, didn't have a single winner anywhere in the country all day. It sucks, mate. Yeah, I don't. Have you ever had one? I've I've had. I think most of the time, if I have that bad of a day, I'll stop. So like I yeah. have, but like I won't bet on every race. I won't pick a horse every race. I think that's I stop because I know once you're losing, just stop. Yeah, but that's gambling-wise, tipping-wise. Have you ever had one in the history of the podcast? I can't remember. I think maybe one. I think maybe one week we both didn't have anything. And that was no, early days. I think we had a around the grounds. I don't think we've ever had one without anything. Yeah, to no, we've never had a podcast without a single... You're right, around the grounds got up. But I think we've had one where the Sydney card, nothing happened. And I remember because the boys from footy when we rocked up to training weren't happy because it was the first time they actually got on the tips and we told them to never touch them again. Um, I think that's my third, I think, in podcast history. Very embarrassing. I like to avoid it at all costs. Um, I even got nutted a couple times right on the line, which was even more demoralising. Like, you know, I thought, aha, monkey's off the back here and in comes the uh, in comes Artorias, basically, and Peritris looked home. That's the first thing we can touch on. The uh, Canterbury Stakes, Zach Purton gets the famous non-winner Artorias over the line. What did you think of that? Great run. He's, he's obviously come down for a reason and, yeah, proved why he's one of the world's best jockeys, if not one, if not the best. So one double. Jay yeah. Mack didn't have a great day, but Zach Purton was flying. 100%. And, yeah, he's a great jockey and, yeah, proved himself. What did you think of the communist run? That was pretty good. Um, old man was on that, actually, and he, I came home from cricket and he, he let me know, that's for sure. Good for me, um, But, yeah, it's a um, good run. But, yeah, probably not happy because I didn't tip it. So, 100%. I know my girlfriend was on it just because she was like, oh, Zach Purton's having a day out. He's, he's going to run it. And I laughed at her and pissed in. So She gets racing, you don't. 100%. She's absolutely dominating the group ones at the moment. It's quite embarrassing. Uh, Miss Mox Morals, if you want to get her tips, check out the website, www.moxsports.com.au. Um, when it comes to that race, though, after Carbon... Didn't really do anything again. What were your thoughts there? The bubble well and truly popped there. Yeah, annoying. I um I was on Ozapenko who got scratched. So And you subbed in subbed in after cabin, obviously. Proves Ozapenko probably would have won that race pretty easily. I thought the, the tempo suited 
Ozapenko really well. Um, but yeah, aft cabin not really too good. I don't think you should be. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't send them to the gelding yet. Yeah. Personally, I was about to ask you that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I'd keep um keep him out there a little bit more, but Golden Mile, I think he's done. I you think. reckon retire or chop the nuts off? Yeah, oh, give him a geld, get rid of him, and yeah, give him a crack once he's matured a little bit more. He was a good horse, and I think, um, just like Remark, it's going to be a good horse if it gets gelded. Fair enough. I've got the opposite um, attitude there. I think uh, Aft Cabin, he's not really done anything. Like he's shown some special runs, but apart from that. What's he won? He hasn't won any Group 1s. I think he's won a couple of Group 2s, Group 3s. So he's only won 418000 in prize money. Like, he's not going to attract an amazing amount of, uh, you know, breeding money if he was to go off to the breeding barn anytime soon. So I reckon chop his nuts off. Chop his, chop his nuts off, give him a gelding, let him have a crack compared to Golden Mile, who has won a Group 1 before. So that immediately puts his breeding price up. So either keep him running or send him to the breeding bar. He doesn't want a group one, but he's only raced seven times. He's leading into a he led into a group one prep and he didn't get there. Fair enough. He's had his career is three from seven. I don't think he's given a fair chance. I say a lot more horses get more of a chance than he's he's had. I think. Yeah, fair enough. Maybe give him the spring, then chop his nuts off. But I, um, I think the spring is the is the major point for a lot of horses coming into it. I think, yeah, maybe give him the spring and then no good chop his nuts off. But uh, he won't attract much of a breeding capability. Golden Mile, however, will with the Group 1 um, lineage continuing. Uh, potentially keep him racing on and as soon as he flounders again, maybe give him one more run. As soon as he flounders, send him to the breeding barn. Because I don't think you'd want to chop his nuts off because you'd be giving up too much money breeding-wise, especially for those who breed specifically to target races early on in their careers, like the Golden Slipper, like the Golden Rose, like the Guineas in the spring. So he'll pay a pretty price at the breeding barn. Aft Cabin, I don't know. I reckon nuts need to go, but we move on from him. Um, another big talking point out of the Godolphin camp, Animo, not in the Randvet Stakes. As was expected, going to the George Ryder. Thoughts, 1,500 metres here instead of out to the 2,000 metres. Yeah, he'll win. Oh, he'll win, but thoughts on the move instead of going 2,000 metres into Queen Elizabeth? He can do what he wants. Champion horse. Does what he wants. Fair Alpha. enough. Alpha. Without J-Mac on, though, because the big news coming out yesterday, J-Mac suspended. He'll probably, uh, honestly, I think he appeals and gets off. Yeah, uh, like I he, think so he, too. He, he pled guilty, but he's... Like, he's record's accepting the suspension. Clean. His record's pretty clean yeah, he's, still. He's accepted the suspension, but he's appealing the severity. So, to let him go golden slipper. Yeah. So, I think he'll get off, but let's just say he doesn't. Do you reckon Animo still wins? Who do you put on? I, that's what I was theorising today, because everyone who's Does Jamie Carr come down? Be booked. No, or come she's, up? All-star mile. Yeah, true. All the Victorian jockeys are booked on the all-star mile. So, you've got the Sydney jockey room. Most of them booked Dill Gibbons. their runs. Chuck Dillon. Chuck Zach Lloyd on. But I've got a theory, though, just like they did when In Secret was left without a jockey, call up Hugh Bowman, who's going to be in town anyway, I believe, to ride Lost and Running. So chuck him on. If not, maybe give Zach Pertin a call. See if he wants to come back. He's clearly can still has what it takes to run in Australia. So maybe throw him on, which would be 
crazy because, like, I'm pretty sure the only jockeys that have ridden him in the past, J-Mac, Tommy Berry's been on him a couple of times. I can't remember if Timmy Clark or Bowman's ridden him before. They probably Jamie Carr have. Has. Jamie Carr rode once, I think. Um, memory's escaping me. I could go through the form and see, but J-Mac's been his best jockey by far. So oh, yeah. it'd be pretty big for him to be missing that ride, especially... Golden Slipper as well. You reckon no J-Mac in the Slipper will throw things up? It's a pretty yeah. open race, mate. Two-year-olds are unpredictable. I don't think the jockey comes down to it too much. He hasn't won. He didn't win last year. didn't win the year before that. So Yeah, he isn't a massive uh, Golden Slipper jockey. You're, you're right there. So, But um, the big talking point I want to take out of the whole um, Animo switch is Fangirl. I think it's hilarious. Fangirl... Scratched out of the All-Star Mile. Scratched out of the Coolmore. Coolmore, she would have pissed in this weekend. Dry deck against this field. Fangirl after, like, running against Animo its whole career, pushing Animo um, very close in a couple of starts. Fangirl would have pissed in. But they said, no, 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 no. We're going to go George Ryder. Animo's not going to be there. So we're going to go George Ryder. And then all of a sudden, they've scratched from the All-Star Mile. They've scratched from the Coolmore. Godolphin take the all-star mile slot with Cascadian and then go, nah, we're going George Ryder as well. So I'd hate to be Fangirl's owners right now because now she gets to run second to Animo again. 100%. Annoying, but is what it is. I, I just think it's really funny. I think Godolphin played it perfectly. But um, you mentioned Chuck Zach Lloyd on, Chuck Dill Gibbons on. Both apprentices, they're flying at the moment. I just want to get your opinion Who's better? They're both on red hot chances in the group one later, but who's better? Dill Gibbons. I'll tell you who's a better. Lloyd? I'll tell you who's a better bloke. Dill Gibbons. <laughs> Come on, with only because he's been in our podcast <laughs> and Zach Lloyd hasn't. So yeah, I give Zach Lloyd the chance to get on the podcast <laughs> and they can change. But Dill, we've never met Zach. We've we've had one conversation with Zach in person, but we've talked extensively with Dill in. Hey man, everyone's allowed an opinion. Well, that's mine. Only fair enough. Uh, I'm going to say Dill Gibbons, not just because he came on the podcast and he's a friend of the show. Of course, we appreciate him for being the first ever off-the-track guest. Love him for that. But um, I think he just rides with a little bit more... I I don't know the word. It's just that Zach Lloyd's suspended every other week. Dill Gibbons isn't. So while Zach gets a lot of wins, especially because he has big balls and takes a lot of very close chances and risks and gets up because of it, he also gets suspended for most of it. He also goes off on suspension after this week's meet as well for another time. He was suspended for... Didn't he get uh, done for gambling? Yeah, he put a multi on, on New Zealand racing, I think, and got an extra two weeks tacked onto the month that he already had for <laughs> careless riding. So he's stupid. Sus- he's suspended a lot. Great rider. He's going to have a massive career. But I think Dill Gibbons' record shows a lot less suspensions. So clearly yep. he's... Riding with a bit more prowess, just because he's not getting as many winners. I side with Dill Gibbons at the moment, but I think they're the next J Mac Tommy Berry. Would you agree? Oh, easy. They're the best looking two jockeys coming through that are young. Yeah. It's not really, you're not breaking the news here, mate. Oh, 100%. You've got J Mac Bowman and Berry dominated Sydney for years. In 10 years' time, it's going to be Schiller, Lloyd, and Gibbons. They're the future. They're all supremely talented. And as we said, they might be winning a group one this week as an apprentice, which would be huge, but we'll touch on that a little later. Uh, only other thing to touch on, mate, listen to questions as always. If you want to shout out on the potty or just pick our brains on anything, just shoot us a question and we'll make sure to answer it. Uh, Lockie Howard says, are these 
So are this week's races less exciting than the last few weeks? Has the programming taken a bit of dip in interest here the week before Golden Slipper? Oh, yeah. I think a lot of horses are obviously going to sit out. I think most horses look for the two-week break in between runs. And next week's obviously the big week with your five slipper. And yeah, five mile. And that's the big weekend they, they want to be racing. So obviously this week's going to be less impressive. Um, you might get the odd few that are going to race this week and then follow up in seven days. But, um, yeah, a lot of them are on their one-week spell, come back next week. And, yeah, next week will be pretty exciting. Yeah, 100%. I'm going to agree, but with, like, a little bit of an asterisk. I'm saying the group ones this week, I would say, are more exciting than the last couple of weeks' group ones. But the programming around those group ones is probably less, a bit more lacklustre, I'd say. But the Newmarket and the Coolmore are both really open capacity fields, super exciting. We'll discuss them all later on the show. But, yeah, maybe the races around them, but those group ones are still fantastic races. So don't, you know, turn off the TV this week just because it's not chock-a-block with group ones and there's only two. Definitely some really good races to be run. And um, Anthony Royd. Best form factors you like to look at for the Flemington straight? Do barriers come into play at all, do you reckon? Um, to be honest, I don't. I was saying to you before, I don't know how many times I've, I've backed, a, backed that many winners other than Nature Strip on that Flemington straight. I usually stick away from it because I don't know too much about it. I usually go through, um, probably my biggest is the jump outs, um, how they jump out of the gates really well. If they get a good jump out, then they usually run pretty well. Um, so yeah, going back in their form, looking at trials and stuff like that. Um, and then I know you touched on it, um, before the podcast, but, um, I'll steal it off you. <laughs> Horses that have run there before, obviously, and run well there before, they're going to do it again. So if they've got experience on the track, experience running at the straight and they've run well, it's pretty, pretty consistent. Yeah. It's a completely different beast, the Flemington straight. Like you, you know, it's not something that comes to mind straight away when you think of it, but it, 100%. It's completely different than running around a circular track and going around a bend and building your momentum around that bend compared to running in a straight line all the way down. You've got to time it better. You've got to work your way into the race better. You've got to make sure a whole lot of different things are better. Just think of you as a human. A 100-metre sprint's completely different than a 100 metres running around in a curve, right? Yeah. So I, I always back, like you said, straight horses for the straight. Like, you've got to make sure that they're able to go down the straight because some absolutely hate it. Like, you've got horses like Eduardo, who is around the corner horse, doesn't love going down the straight. Uh, you've got Nature Strip, who can do just about anything. Um, and then you've got the third uh, case of horses, like September Run, probably Buenas Noches, I'd say, who lines up this weekend, uh, and many, many others that I can't really think of off the top of my head that just like the straight. If you put them around a bend, they're very underwhelming. Apart from September runs, of course, anomaly of a group one that happened at Mooney Valley, which was great. You were on it, and it, but the market showed that it doesn't usually love it. Got up at like 26 bucks. Like, there are just some horses that prefer the going of down the straight and just running in a straight line. The astrologist is another one. Astrologist loves going down the straight. So find those horses who historically have run good down the straight can't go wrong there. And if you're first up on the straight, never seen it before, I usually stick away from those horses because some of them just can't do it. Like Marabi in the group one a few weeks ago, don't think she's a straight horse. Didn't think I ho wish I win was going to be one, but changed my mind after that run. It was absolutely great down the straight. And when it comes to barriers, 
Usually I only care about that when it's been raining because obviously you'll want to be as far outside as possible because think about it, that 15th barrier along the straight that's almost at the fence will be completely untouched where if you're in the first barrier right up along the course proper, that's all chopped up from the horses that have already been going down, which is the case at any uh, track when you go into the straight, like think it over one by going down the fence because nobody had touched it. It's the same at Flemington uh, when it's raining as well. 100%. But um, apart from that, mate, of course, we're going to head into the rundown now. If you're listening on Apple, give us a subscribe. If you're listening on Spotify, give us a follow. Five-star rating, please. We're up past the 50 mark. We're on the march to 100. The more you support us, the bigger we will grow. And we thank you for every step along the way as well. Um, and, of course, shout-out to our Dabble. We hit 17,000 subscri- oh, followers the other day, which is pretty huge. Yeah, huge, mate. 17,000 of you guys listen to us and, yeah. Not, lis- not listen to us. I wish they had 17,000 <laughs> listeners every week, but listen to our bets on yeah. the Dabble platform. Well, that's what I meant, mate, clearly. But, um, yeah, so Dabble is an Aussie-owned bookie, obviously, and it changes the style of gambling. Um, any bets we mentioned in this podcast, click one buttons in your bet slip and you choose your stake. Easy as that. We do the research for you, put them into the multis, press one button and bang. Too easy. 100%. There is no better time than me getting on now. NRL season back, AFL season back next week. A Huge. lot of footy bets coming your way on Dabble. Make sure to be getting on it. So click the link in the show notes or head to the Dabble app. Download it today. Log in. Register. Use the code Sports to let them know we sent you. And win with us on Dabble this footy and racing season. All right, mate. Track report for Rose Hill. Weather. Been stinking hot all week. I'm sweating right now in the booth. It is very, very hot in Sydney. Uh, so we're going to be starting on a good four with all of the sprinklers, making sure to get it to that range. We'll start there, and I'll be very shocked if we don't end up by good three at the end of the day. It's going to be very hot on Saturday, so it'll dry right out. Rails in the true position as well, so every horse will get their chance. Typically at Rose Hill, though, as we saw a couple of weeks ago, um, the ideal position is to be just off the pace, perhaps at the top of the midfield with cover because it uh, prefers the run-on sort of horse. Not saying that our leaders can't get it done, but typically it is a lot harder when the rail is in the true position with a good four-track rating for leaders to be going all the way at Rose Hill. But um, everyone's going to get their chance, so make sure to be uh, keeping track of any potential bias that happens on the day, but uh, expect it to be pretty even. Uh, race one, 1,200 metres midway to kick off the day. Uh, look, I don't like going the favourite in midway, but at this price, $6.50, he's hardly the typical favourite. He's still at each way odds. So I'll be on Prince Invincible here. Been running pretty respectively so far this prep. First up was four lengths off Maybell before improving drastically to finish just 1.5 lengths off the finish again behind Maybell and Dalalat, two very consistent midway horses. He is the map horse of the race. As I said, he'll be uh, getting to that um, top of the midfield position and hopefully fly through them at the end there. So uh, $6.50 to win, $2.40 to place each way on Prince Invincible for me to kick off the day. Go on Oxford Tycoon here in the first. Change my tip last minute. Um, 15th barrier, Zach Lloyd on top two kilo claim. Brings it down to 58.5 kilos. $14 to win, $4.20 for a place. Very nice for the, for the first. Lovely. In the race two at the 1,200 metres, you got Mahaba as your favourite, $3.20 with a win last start at the Flemington Strait, actually, like as we were talking about. Um, one length win was pretty nice and looks to be the deserved favourite. I'm going with introducing here, Brett Pebble on board. One last start at Work Farm by just under half a length and, yeah, looks really nice, $3.90 for a 
win for me. It's going to be my tip in the second. Yeah, I'm on another Gay Ward House uh, horse. I think she'd love to get another horse in the field because, of course, you win here, you're in the big race next week, off the week back up. Uh, so if she managed to get another one in, we'll be joining Red Resistance and Platinum Jubilee in what would be a very strong three-pronged attack, potentially four-pronged attack if she takes out both of the two-year-old races today. But um, I'm on bases loaded. Uh, barely done anything wrong all career. Um, one impressive fashion on the debut and was solid, placing third a few weeks ago when I was on him in the Skyline Stakes. Uh, just out sprinted to the line by the winner in um, Corniche, I believe it was. Tim Clark should be nice and proactive from the middle draw, I think. Park him right on the pace, hopefully kicks away at the top of the straight. $11 to win, $2.80 to place. A lot of value for me in the second. I like bases loaded. I'll be going each way all day on him as we move into the third. 1,350 metres, Mao Tai, narrated. They're the ones to be setting a moderate pace up front. Many of the runners like to do their work late here, so expect a swooping sort of race here. Uh, fine point, I think, just has to be the bet here. Maps to be in the prime spot in the run throughout the race. Super consistent, especially at this distance and first up. We'll sit just off them before turning the corner, using her turn of foot to try and run past them in the final stages. Loves the track, tick. Loves the distance, tick. Loves the conditions, tick. Good jockey on board with J-Mac. Only runs well, in my opinion. So $3.20 is a nice price to have with a fine point in the third for me. Go on, Mountai here. Uh, drops back in class. Um, racing in the benchmark 90, I believe. 94 last start. So dropping back to the benchmark 88 here. Yep. Um, $8 win, $2.50 for a place. Decent horse here. Um, hoping it'll hit the line pretty well. Yeah. Better chance against this field than it's had in the last couple of runs. So, yeah, I'm going to take Mao Tai. Dropping right back in class. You're yeah. right there. So, we're getting to race four here. Uh, real good race, this one. One of the yes. better ones going into the into the weekend. The last stop before the Golden Slipper, this one. Yeah, the 1,200 metres. Um, I'm going to keep it pretty simple here. There's only two horses that are really catching my eye. It's um, the favourite, Steel City, and Blanc de Blanc. Um, both have pretty good form behind Learning to Fly, who um, won last week pretty easily. Your moral? Um, my moral. I wasn't losing. Um, I'm going to go Blanc de Blanc here. Um, third place last start behind Lazago and Fasile. And then also, like I said, learning to fly the week before. Um, it's pretty good form to go off for me. So it's going to be me, Blanc de Blanc, with J-Mac on board for the fourth. Yeah, interesting field here. Like I said last week, we expect the Platinum Jubilee to be here for the week back up. Is not, so we're going in uh, four weeks off the run, as will many of the other uh, girls. So it's interesting to see this field. Uh, a few of them even coming in just uh, on the debut to try and get the one race into the slipper. I don't think any of them will be winning, though. I'm, I'm with you when I say Steel City and Blanc de Blanc are the leading chances. The market have them as a shared favourite for a reason. Uh, I can't get away from Steel City. Maiden still, I know, but, gee, she has just been racing super, super good and you can't really blame her for not winning compared to the fact that she got completely flattened in the Blue Diamond. So we'll have no idea what could have been. She started to make her run, was looking really quick, and then got cut off. And then the two starts before that, very narrow second to learning to fly and a very narrow second to red resistance. Two of the leading chances for the slipper. So if that's not the best possible form you could get going into the slipper, I don't know what is. So I think... She can, if she can somehow get a clean run to the line, unlike she did in the Blue Diamond, I think she just goes away with it. I think Blunk to Blunk and her could potentially gap the field if they want to. Uh, definitely the Quinnell play of the day. And I just feel still shitty. Jeez. Whoa, still shitty, mate. Still city. 
puts them away here and gets her to serve spot in the slipper. It'd be a crime if this horse doesn't get in the slipper after all of her strong runs just without winning. So $3.20 for me. Still city. If she doesn't win, she will be still shitty. Yeah. <laughs> 100%, mate. All right, the fifth, 1,500 metres. Uh, Clemenceau, Cole Crusher, they're going to be the ones to go forward here. While last year's winner, Shelby 66, is back to go here, back to back. Uh, won't be happening. It's uh, not heavy 10 this year. Uh, Clemenceau, 100%, the horse to beat here. And I think Zach Lloyd has a great chance to pick up another group victory here after picking up uh, one a few weeks back. But I just can't get away from Kalino. He's been a horse that we've followed very closely throughout here on the podcast. And he's been a completely new horse now that they've finally figured out he is a sprinter and they've kept him to 1,200 metres or below this prep. Uh, should sit comfortably amongst the pack with some cover before launching in the final stages, as has become tickle, typical from him. Gets six kilos off the back compared to last start as well. I believe it was at 59 and a half yep. last start. He comes into here, I think, 53. So he'll it's won't huge. know, won't know himself huge. compared to last start with all of that weight on the back. Six kilos, big jump, um, jump down in weight. So $4.40 compared to Clemenceau's $3. Yep. I'd rather take that price. Kalino all the way for me. 100%. Um, I'm the same. Yeah, like you said, it's had last three runs. Every single one's been... a Smallest weight at 58.5 kilos and then 59.5 for the two most recent runs. And there's been two wins and a third place there. So yeah. imagine how clean it's going to run here. With, Won't know itself at 53. Yeah, 53 should absolutely trot it in. So, yeah, head over to race six, 1,500 metres. Going to keep this one pretty simple for the file-up stakes. I don't see anyone else winning. I think Zugotcha wins this pretty easily. Um, best horse in the race, easily. Yeah, nothing could, else to say. Could be winning the Coolmore. Comes here to get an easy win to try and get some form back before it goes into another group one later on in the prep. Should be winning. No prizes for tipping it at the price of $1.65. But That's why we'll go over it pretty quickly yeah. and we'll move on. Zoo gotcha for us in the six. Race seven, 2,000 metres. Intriguing one, this one. Knight's Order is going to look to lead all the way. Very Come well could if they aren't careful. Start to switch off in the chase, as he has done many times before. They switch off a little bit and he breaks their hearts. He goes all the way and ends up trotting in. However, big fan of King Frankel I am. I made the mistake of thinking he wouldn't be fit enough to win first up against Banju. I was wrong, and he ran absolutely excellently, super strong for the line. I think he can win a big race this year, I feel. Sydney Cup has himself written all over it, especially if he gets in the field. He's going to be carrying 50 kilos there if he does, which is, you know, feathers. But uh, we are here and now. We're not in the futures at the moment. But um, $3.90 is a price I would love to have here. I think he's going to follow Knight's order wherever they go, sorry, wherever he goes and just run past him in the final stages. He's... Super fit, as we saw it first up. He loves this track. 2,000 metres suits him excellently. I think he's in for a big run, and he'll beat the uh, the Group 1 winners in no compromise, Knight's Order, and the International Raiders as well. As well. I think he uh, puts his hand up as the stayer to beat this autumn. So, King Frankel for me. Give me Knight's Order. Ooh, he loves a Knight's Order. Love Knight's Order. It was my tip for the Melbourne Cup. Yep. Um, nice place in the Melbourne Cup, and then it's had one run since then. Uh, with the eighth place, but yeah, that was 1600 meters. That's not his distance, exactly. It was just just looking for this race, so yeah, Knight's Order for me leads the whole way. Timmy Clark, get it done. 15th barrier won't worry, Knight's Order because it's already pushing to the front. Yep, that'll be me. We Fair skip enough, race eight, we yep. come back to it a bit later. Take off. us to number nine, mate. Race nine. I don't know about you, I'm pretty straightforward with this one as well. Uh, Waterford. Uh, wasn't good first up when he was your best bet. We were both on him. He was your best bet. He failed to fire, but he had excuses. 1,300, not his go. He was also on the inside rail, which was quicksand on the day. So he Top dropped weight. out towards the end there. Top weight. 
He And he didn't even run that badly. It was just because the market and every punter expected him to absolutely trot in. But he only finished a couple lengths off them. Now drops here, drops back to 55 kilos, gets to the track that he's undefeated at, gets to the distance that he's undefeated at. Yeah, Tommy Berry might not be on in this time, but Brett Pebble's no slouch. $3.80. I think Waterford is a red-hot chance to bounce back here. I'm all over him. Yeah, I take Waterford here. And like you said, a lot of excuses. And you give him the benefit of the doubt. Drops three kilos, I think, I believe. Let me just have a quick look. Yeah, three and a half kilos drops. Um, should be a lot better. Take it in the ninth. Head over to the last race. Benchmark 78 ended at the 1,900 metres. One, gla- one glass bay is your favourite here at $4.40. I'm going to keep it pretty simple. I'm going with a roughie. Going Mont Felicity, $16 for the win, $4.20 for a place. Uh, 12th barrier, fourth place last start behind Claim the Crown by 1.6 lengths. Um, and only, I think it was only one length behind the, the favourite. So the favourite of this race, Wine Glass Bay, that's why I mentioned it earlier. So yeah, Mont Felicity for me, I think. Ruffy in the last, keep it in your quaddies, keep it in your exotics because it's going to be a good chance, I hope. Uh, yeah, I'm on that favourite, Wine Glass Bay. He's just really improved every run this prep so far. Gotten used to the way of Australian racing, goes about it now. One last start at Canterbury, uh, dropped down in class to try and get that win off the back. Did, back up to City Grade now, has the chops to win again, I feel. Uh, should settle towards the back of the pack from that wide barrier, but he has shown me that he has the turn of foot capable to make up that start he inevitably gives them. J-Mac, on board, will give it every chance. $4.40 to finish off the day. Wine glass bay for me. Very nice, mate. All right, mate, let's head to the tip-off. Right, mate, you still hold a narrow lead as we look to... Actually, you know what? We need to get a win. I was saying it before the podcast. We have two wins each, but that's just animo. Animo, animoral. You know, does that count? We're counting it. But we got to try and find a win, hopefully at value. I've got a couple of value picks this week. I don't know about you, but we head to Flemington down the straight, as we were discussing earlier. New market handicap. This one is open as anything. It is going to be a red-hot race capacity field. I'm very much looking forward to it. So to go through the field, you've got Private Eye, Mazu, I Wish I Win, Rockin' Horse, Ball Up, Bella Nipotina, September Run, Astrologist, Loppy Strike, Chain of Lightning, Front Page, Snapper, Star Patrol, Swats That, In Secret, and Buenas Noches. Jeez. Very open affair. I Wish I Win was at $2.30 all in. Opened up the actual markets. The punters have gotten to it. Drifted out to four forty. In Secrets shares the market top four forty. Very open. Thoughts? Yeah, it's um I've sat and pondered for a while. I've gone and chopped and changed. Um, I'm going with in secret. Really? Yeah, four dollars forty for a win. Bottom weight, fifty one and a half kilos. Jamie Carr just loves those loves those type of horses where yeah. it's got no weight on. She really knows how to ride them, and it's really giving me confidence for this one. She after. likes the straight as well. Yeah, cool and gatter. Um, took a couple of weeks back. With Jamie Carr on board, really gave me confidence for this one. So I'm going to go within secret here. Um, I think it'll be a good chance, and if it's not in the, it's not a win. I think it'll be in the top three. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm not on pri- Sorry, I'm not on in secret. I'm on private eye. But I agree with everything you say. Like realistically, should be bouncing back. Got beaten by an absolute lip in that surround stakes a few weeks back. Um, is proven on the straight. Absolutely blew him away in the Coolmore. Um, during the spring was really, really impressive there. But um, like I said, private eye for me. 
I know first up, typically first up winners don't occur in the new market. Usually it's the second up or third up runners that get the job done. And he is one of the top weights. Does spot in secret six kilos there, which will be a big factor going into it. But he's one of the most respected middle distance horses turned sprinters in the country. The transformation has been exceptional. Seems to get faster every single run. And he is proven down the straight. Last spring, his first up run, his first ever trip, not first ever, but, you know, first for a while, trip of the sprints was down the straight against a lot of these. You know, Rockin' Horse was there. Swats that was there. Bowler was there. And he absolutely smashed them. Pure pace, down the straight, burned his opponent, got to the clock tower and turned around, waved, said, see ya. Absolutely trotted in. The win also rated five lengths quicker than standard time. I think he's a red-hot go. I think $7.50 to win, $2.60 to place. That place price is very good. I think if you're going to be betting on anything at Flemington, get on private place. Sorry, private item place. Each way odds for him, I reckon, is an absolute steal in this race. I think it's between the two milers turned sprinters. Him and I wish I win. I wish I win was phenomenal down the straight in that lightning stakes and just cried out for more room. 200 extra metres here. He could absolutely smash him if he wanted to. I think Buenos Noches is a lot of value at $12. 50 kilos, carrying absolutely nothing. He's been close to the likes of Cool and Gatter. He's been close to the likes of In Secret. I believe he also has form behind Giga Kick as well. So I think if you want value, go for Buenos Noches as well. Um, and Marzu, $17. What do you think of Marzu? Yeah, I looked, at that. I looked at that for a long time. $17 is definitely a price where I can... Play my cards. Um, I have a cheeky fiver on there, but um, I don't think... I'm not too confident on it, but definitely worth a fiver for $17 for that great horse. I'd have him in your quaddies. The only reason I'm not on him, like I said, I like to go the horses that are proven down the straight. Private Eye is. Mazu isn't. First time at the straight here. Could come out and be one of the best straight horses, you know. Ever. That, ever. You know, it's, it's the unknown, okay? But um, that's why I'm not on him. But $17 is huge for a horse like Mazu. He is one of the best sprinters in the country, so I think he's been very underrated by the market. Lofty Strike, also incredible chance in the spring, was a lip-off um, rock and horse and uh, nature been racing in the well champion well. sprint. Uh, smashed them first up at Sandown, then went to Sandown, came second, lost narrowly in that group one there. So he's both in form and in form down the straight. He's uh, You could talk about this race for hours, but... Give me a trifecta, actually, before we move over. Give me Ooh. a trifecta. Three horses that will cross the line. Oh, for me? Yeah, one, two, oh. three. Let me get the feel back up. You go, what are yours first, I mate? I reckon Private Eye, I wish I win. I think Marzu. Very nice. I just reckon In Secret. I'm not so <coughs> In Secret. Whatever, bud, you're wrong. Because In Secret's going to win. Yeah, In Secret, Private Eye. And I, I like Bella Nipitina. Yeah? do like Bella Nipitina. So those are my three. Fair enough. Right, really mate. worth a bit. Head to Rose Hill for another race that took me ages to unpack. I sat there for about an hour, hour and a half, just trying to get my head around this field. The Cornwall Classic, a favourite of ours. That's Crone's race. That's the theme song race. That's it, mate. Um, Crone. Your greatest punt ever, perhaps? Yeah, I think that was $26 winner twice or something. Back to that. Yeah. It's crazy. In the group one as well. You looked very smart on that day. Yeah, I did. And you refused to take it out of the theme song, even though it happened a few years ago. And makes us sound like we're from Queensland. Well, 
Choose a horse that we've picked that's going to do it. You want an animo. Dollar sixty. <laughs> Come on, mate. Fair pick enough. a winner here and I'll change it to bloody whatever you pick. All right, fair enough. We go through the field. Hinged, Anavisto, Hope in Your Heart, Mustang Valley, Mirror Vision, Purple Play, uh, Expat, Ruthless Dame, She's a Belter, Larkspur Run, Yearning, Espiona, Times Square, More Profits, Torganine, and Pride of Jenny. Thoughts and why, mate? Who have you got? Hinged, hinged is mine. Top weight's a bit of a worry, but yeah. 0.8 lengths behind Animo. Says enough itself. Yeah, brilliant horse. Coolmore Classic. Could be a tough one. You could look bottom weight if you really wanted to. Espion is one that I really like the look of, to be honest. 51 kilos. Absolute feathers on. It's feathers, mate. Yeah, it's feathers, but she sucks. You suck, man. You should, you, you're literally going to eat your words here. So. I'm not touching Espion with a 10-foot pole. Yeah, say it every time on the podcast, mate. Whatever. Anyway, Hinge is my tip. Um, Go on for me. Sixth play for last start. But, um, yeah. Hinged. Come on, baby. J-Mac, Walla, combo. $8, $2.80. Fair enough. Uh, is it maybe too dry for Hinged? Shut up. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going for a big call. Ruthless Dame. Dill Gibbons. Group 1 winner by the end of Saturday. He is an apprentice, but he is going to win a group 1. 52.5 kilos. Gets down in the weights. Super run in the surround stakes. Super strong through the line. Almost won. Sunshine in Paris got over by a whisker. Tyler Schiller saluted the crowd on Ruthless Dame, thinking that he had won and upset Zugotrin in secret. Wasn't to be. Second place he had to settle for. But what's this horse done wrong in its career? Nothing. Won its first two starts of its career, then went to a stakes race on Australia Day, went down by a whisker to Jacqueneau, then went to a group one, beat home in secret in Zugotcha, both of whom you were pretty confident of winning on the day, so that's going to make that form read super and only went down by a whisker to sunshine in Paris. And he did it all without being wide, no cover. Had the best last 400s and 200 metres of the day. That means he came home faster than the likes of Animo. Came home faster than the likes of... Uh, gee, can't even remember another horse that won on the day. But I was completely focused on those group ones. But I think this horse is something special, I think, can upset the field here, can upset the group one winners like you hinged. I, I just have a Espiona. Espiona, like you keep saying, is a star of a horse. I'm not convinced. Watch it. Purple Pay, the international raider, I think, you know, wants it wet here. If it was wet, I'd probably be all over it. Open your heart. Fourth in the Golden Eagle. Anavisto, absolutely blistering first up. But there's just something about Ruthless Dame. And like I said... I don't mind it. I think it's not that bad to be honest, but I'll look el- elsewhere. But it's a good, it's a good, it's a good pick. Yeah, Mayor and Eustace, I reckon gets another one here over the uh, over the likes of the Sydney trainers. I think Waller's going to be shaking his fist at Mayor and Eustace here. Seven dollars fifty to win, two dollars sixty to place. Ruthless Dame, go on, Dill Gibb, come on, mate, come on, Dill, you've got it. Come on, Dill. All right, mate. That concludes the tip-off. We go around the grounds. Anything around the country apart from Sydney that you found that you've liked? Um, yeah, we head over to Flemington for a couple of different races. Um, I think it's in race number five is the first one. Yeah, race number five, Inspirational Girl. First up, $6, $2.15 for a place. Getting a bit old, but a um, great horse, and it's definitely, definitely a chance here. Race number seven as well, I believe. Sorry, punters. No, we've already done race number seven. Are you talking to Shorefire? That's race six. 
Yeah, race six, sorry, Surefire. Uh, $12 for the win. Jamie Carr on board, 57.5 kilos. Um, Going to be as fit as can be for this race. So, yeah, I reckon it's a good chance. Good $12 winner. Head over to race eight as well. I'm going at Quinella Chance here. Ayrton into Savannah Cloud. Two black bookers for me, and it's going to be one of my major plays of the day, and I like it. So, yeah, that'll be for me, punters and dribblers. Fair enough. I've gone Flemington race six. Right you are, $3.80. I think uh, him, Shawfire, Huerta could be an interesting trifecta play there uh, as they're all very, very good horses. A misery is all right. Oh, yeah, true. Like misery. a misery. Oh, it's a very good race down there at Flemington, race six. But right you are, super fit. Has been building an absolute picket fence. Win after win after win. Going through the grades is here in a group quality field here and should be winning, I think. Um Race eight, like you mentioned, Savannah Cloud, I think gets the chockies over Ayrton. So if you want to stand out one of those races, in, sorry, one of those horses in that Quinella, I'd be going Savannah Cloud. $10 is too much for a horse that's just super consistent. Honestly. Um, and yeah, too good not to back at those odds. It's ridiculous. 100%. Uh, and then Eagle Farm, race six, Fast Coney, black booker of mine for a long time, has had a lot of success for me. $4.60 to win up there in Queensland. As we move on to the quaddy, mate, of course, one leg last week again with... Uh, um, Communists didn't have it in the quaddy, unfortunately. Paid quite a bit as well, so I wish we had it. But um, race seven, we've got King Frankel, no compromise, protagonist, and Knight's Order. Race eight, we've got Hinged, Ruthless Dame, Anavisto, and Espiona. Race nine, we've got Waterford, Riadini, uh, Ascension, and Bandersnatch. Race ten, Wineglass Bay, Mon Felicity, Major Beal, and Almania. 50 bucks gets you 19.5%, mate, so let's get on it. All right, mate, best bet time. Of course, you're on a two-win streak here. First mock to get onto a bit of a win streak as I still search to find a winner that isn't Animo in my best bets. I went for a bit of value. Well, not value, but I went. I got away from those $2 horses with Sacramento last week, unfortunately, failed to fire. And, of course, your moral, learning to fly, absolutely trotted in. Oh, didn't trot in, but got the job done. She is a special talent by the looks of it. Yeah, she wasn't losing. Um, yeah. Not much of a tip start to tip that, to be 100% honest. But if you choose to ask me which one's going to win 100%, I'm going to tell you. So uh, we're looking to this week's. I'm going Kalino. Best of the day for me. $4.20 for a win and $1.60 for a place. Looking very, very nice for me. Like I said earlier, um, drops back feathers in weight. 53 kilos for this horse when it's been racing at 59.5 in recent times. And it's it's one at that that weight. I think it should absolutely trot in. Take six kilos off. It's gonna, it's gonna kill it. So yeah, I'm very, very, very confident on Kalina. It's gonna be my best of the day. So yeah, let's get on it, punters. My best of the day has to be Waterford. Last time it was one of our best of the days. Didn't run up to scratch like I mentioned earlier. But excuses were there. And at a track, he's undefeated. At, at a distance, he's undefeated. At he's absolutely smoked the field every time he's raced at Rose Hill. At this uh, distance, like we mentioned. A f- few weeks ago you rated him 10 out of 10 every time he had those runs he was faultless i think he'll be faultless here three dollars 80 i'd mark him as a three dollar chance i'm definitely all over waterford here i think he gets the job done fair enough all right mate our let it ride unfortunately osipenko was scratched last week so we're still on leg two after animo got the chockies a few weeks back we're sitting at 17 dollars uh who have we got this week and why I'm not going to say why because I've said it why twice. We're going Kalino for a place at dollar seventy-five for the same reasons I've just mentioned earlier for my best bet. Yeah, you're very you're very confident on it. We're very confident that if it's not winning, it should be in the money. It should be finishing top, top three. three, top two, top three. Yeah, hundred percent. Especially in that field, very short field. Um, 
not a lot of talent there. Kalina, I think, yeah, definitely going to be in the finish. So hopefully gets us off there and gets us into leg three going into the next week. 100%, mate. All right, mate. Anything else to touch on? Uh, that's all from me. Um, save your money this week, punters. The next big week. one comes next week. Next week's a big one. So have some fun next week. But, yeah, um, shout out Will Cowling. Will Cowling Day last week. Don't know if anyone knows what that is. But, yep, Will Cowling Day. Thank you very much. Uh, that's all I have, mate. Anything else you want to add? Uh, I agree. Stake lightly this week because uh, next weekend it's the big one. All-Star Mile in uh, Melbourne and you've got five massive group ones and a 10-race card in Sydney that is chock full of good racing, including the big one, the Golden Slipper. So uh, make sure if you do gamble this weekend, gamble responsibly and make sure give us a follow, give us a subscribe, support us all you can. We love you for it. We'll see you back here next week, punters. Crone's getting a split. Mizzy in front of the 100. Crone goes up the inside and Crone takes...